The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd. privileged to be here with Percy each week. Howdy, how you doing, man? I'm all right. We're going to hear from Bob Chelly today, a pastor who's going through his own cancer journey at the moment. I love listening and hearing from the men of faith, our spiritual leaders, who also must walk the same path as as those who sit in the pews and hear how God is working with them and through them, but more importantly, to hear their humanity. And we're going to hear just that in this conversation. Absolutely. He has a lot to teach us, and we'll get underway with that lesson as we talk with Bob here in just a moment on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Uh, As you listen today, why don't you also go online if you're at home in front of a computer, Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com where you can download Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients, our free resource right now. Uh, This is so important that we understand that cancer patients, of course, need physical care, but there's a spiritual element to this as well. And as we've talked about multiple times on the show here, just attending to the clinical or medical needs of a cancer patient really is not completely sufficient to support them accordingly. We know that spirituality is important to many people and at the basis of who we are from a, a primordial uh, level that uh, a sense of spirituality or connection to God is vital. And so cancer patients have spiritual needs that that need to be addressed. This document will help us how to step through the potential spiritual needs of cancer patients. So download this right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com, spiritual needs of cancer patients. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You can click on Sponsor or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Here's a phone number to use, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can always learn more online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy? Our spiritual nugget for today is Psalm 71, and it's found uh, verses 14 through 16 that basically says, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. And again, we're going to talk about and hear the expression today of understanding that as believers, we're in a fixed fight. And what does that mean to us from a believer's perspective? It will become clear as you listen. Let's join our guest recorded earlier. Here's Percy. Well, I'm excited today to have with me uh, Pastor Bob Chelly, who is... uh, the family care pastor at Covenant Life Worship Center in uh, Georgia. And he's also a current treating cancer patient at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta. And we are thrilled to have you on the show today. Welcome to the show, Pastor. Thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me. Well, uh, your story is interesting. You are actually a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma patient, still actively treating as we speak. Let's talk about the day, I ask this question to every cancer patient, the day that you were told, you were diagnosed uh, back in 2015. 
Where were you and what were your thoughts when you were told that you had cancer for the first time? Absolutely. Um, I, first of all, I think anybody who's gone through this knows it's a long process. Sometimes just to simply get the diagnosis, yeah. it can be a one-month to two-month process. It can be excruciating. But um, I was actually at the ear, nose, throat doctor, uh, and he told me, and to be honest, he was pretty straightforward with it. He just came out and told me. Yeah. and. Um, I think I was prepared for it to a degree because we kind of led up to it. Um, But then, of course, I'm a pastor, so I have to handle this professionally, Mm, right? Um, So I can't can't grieve because I'm a pastor. And that's one thing, especially through this journey that I've learned is God just wants me to be myself and Mm. he wants me to work through this. And so... um, you know, I did. I, I had a short. I had a short time when I told my wife was probably the one. I didn't. I didn't weep a lot over it. But when I told my wife, that was hard because I think um, one thing I've learned is cancer affects the caregiver as much as it does the patient, if not more in many cases. Absolutely. And so I think that was the hardest thing. Thing telling my wife. Okay. So you're told that you have cancer. You're a young man. You're. You're. You know. You're. You're out doing your thing. You're out in the vineyard doing the work of the Lord. And uh, bam, here you are. Uh, told that you have cancer, you weep a bit. And I appreciate your honesty even in even sharing that, Pastor, because quite frankly, I think it's important that people see and hear the humanity of even God's quote-unquote warriors in the midst of of uh, being challenged because at the end of the day, we're all human. And as you said, God, God, God meets us where we are. You're, Absolutely. you're told that you have cancer, you have a moment, yeah, you share with your wife and you have a moment and then you've got to make some decisions about treatment and, and clinical care. So at some point along the way, uh, you find yourself at the front door of Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Atlanta. You start doing treatment and care. How are you handling or managing? Because, again, pastors are used to operating in the arena of, a, of the local church, the pulpit, you know, Sunday school. Uh, that That's our playground. That's our backyard. You're not in your backyard now. Yeah. You're in a clinical environment. That's a whole different place. Let's talk about walking through the front door of a clinical environment and having to you're a patient. You're you're somebody's got to be serviced and and taken care of with regard to this whole clinical thing. What's going on inside your head when you walk through the front door? Um, I, you know, I think the first thing I think is probably the same thing everybody else asks, which is the question why. Hmm. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people think, especially if you're a pastor or to be honest, if there's a lot of people out there that are listening that are people of faith, yep. I can't ask why, cause that's questioning God, mm. but that's the farthest thing from the truth. It is the, uh, the Lord actually spoke to me one day and he gave me a little bit of a vision and, uh, it says young man will have visions and old men dreams. So I think I'm right on the cusp. So I'm okay. not really sure if it was a vision or a dream because okay. I'm right in between those, right? <laughs> Middle age, right? So I don't know which one I had. But I know um, he took me to a small town and it was just a two-way street. And um, there was parallel parking on each side. I want to give you a vivid sure, idea of please. this. And um, and I said, well, Lord, why are you taking me here? I said, he goes, I want to show you something. Mm. Because I was I was kind of wondering why, what was going on. Yep. And he said, son, I, there's, a, there's a parking spot up there in front of that store. He goes, what's unique about that? I said, well, it's painful painted yellow. He said, yes, son. And what's that used for? And I said, that's an unloading zone. He said, exactly. He goes, what I'm trying to tell you is I don't mind you questioning me, questioning why to me, because I sent my son 
He was humid. I understand your humanity. Yeah. I understand why you have those questions and I don't have a problem and I'm not offended by those. Yeah. He goes, but here's the thing I want you to understand. See that unloading zone? It's there for a specific purpose. It's to, it's to go there, it's to unload, and it's to leave. And he mm. says, and that's how I want it to be with you. He goes, I never want you to park it. Why? Because it affects you so much. He goes, I don't have a problem with you unloading. I love you so much. I want you to unload. But once you're done, go on. Don't ever park it. Why? Wow. I love it, Pastor. That's a sermon in and of itself. I may borrow those notes, yes. but I'm gonna give you credit for it, okay? <laughs> well, when we when we when we process that and when we synthesize it that way, it helps us now to then move forward. So, okay, you you unload, you drop your load. Yeah, you we, have you have a moment like why, what's up, how come, all of the that does a sixty million dollar question. You you get back in your rig and you and you get back on the road. Now you're moving down the road. You're doing you know you're you're in a clinical environment. You're in an environment in many cases that's probably not familiar. You certainly have no control over that environment. I'm a third generation pastor on my mom's side of the family, and I know pastors. We don't want to admit it, but it's true. We like to be in control. We like being in charge. We like driving the bus because, you know, we've been anointed. <laughs> we stand before the congregation and preach. We are leaders and we want to lead. Most pastors are type A personalities. But in a clinical environment, you're not driving the bus. You're riding on the bus. Let's talk about that dynamic. Did you struggle with regard to having to ride on a bus someone else was driving? Uh, that's a great, great question. Um, I am an absolute type A personality, want to be in control, ducks in a row, hate being late for meetings. And um, your your world for a moment seems out of control, yep. but I have to go back to my faith. And I know God is in control. Got it. And the problem is if the world seems out of control, then I'm not actually giving it back to the one that is in control. Mm. So that's one thing I learned right out. Even in a clinical environment, I've learned um, – I love coming down here. I'm not your typical patient. I was out yesterday at the at the Swan Pond, as we call it. Okay. You know, and I was out there, and uh, there was a gentleman sitting out there, and uh, – I just took advantage of the opportunity to pray with him. Um, so I, I may have a different perspective, but I want to encourage people when you get into that clinical environment, when you get into these areas where it's just look around and ask God, what can I do? Because ah. here's the thing I've learned that the more you pour out, the more he pours in. Yeah. Right. Right. So when I pour out, then there's a vacancy. And yeah. He when goes, you well, empty yourself. Yeah. Then let me fill you back up. Right. And that's the amazing thing is I think sometimes we get isolated and we want to isolate stuff. And the interesting thing about um, my position is I'm the family care pastor. My job is actually to go out and pray with people that have cancer. So, of course, I, I, I got to be taught by you guys through your program, which I was excited about. And so I actually got my diagnosis that it had gotten worse that day, really? which was interesting because everything I needed to hear that day, God had already prepared me for. So yeah. when I heard it, it still hurt. But I was kind of prepared yep. for it. So it's unique that God is bringing me to bring a cancer care program back to our church. But at the same time, he's reminding me, you know what? You're going to go through this journey, but I'm going to use this as an opportunity to have a platform so that you can encourage other people. So I think for me, it still comes back to this. Um, do the things that make you happy, even when you're going through this. Okay, um, know your know your heart's desire. If you're a person that loves people, then continue to pour into people. If you're a person that loves to read, then continue to read. Don't stop doing the things that make you who you are. Mm. Because when you stop doing that, then you stop living. I was supporting a particular patient who, uh, over a series of several months, 
probably three or four months, probably longer than that, uh, was an avid fisher and hunter. And, you know, I come in and introduce myself. I'm your chaplain, and man, I'm here to provide spiritual support to you. And he was not interested in having a spiritual conversation with me at all, but he wanted to talk about fishing and hunting. Yeah. And, you know, and it was great, except I was born on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. I know nothing about fishing and hunting. And so I faked my way through a fishing and hunting conversation with this guy. And some people be, oh, just that just lacks authenticity. And you're you're just such a faker, Reverend McRae. But to the point that you make, uh, I learned early on, uh, make what's important to a cancer patient be important to you. Absolutely. Because that's who they are and meet them where they are, just like Jesus did. Yes. And so with that uh, great piece of advice, Pastor, don't stop being who you are because you now have cancer, because that's a part of who you are. Yes. Long story short, uh, this guy went home, uh, gave his life to the Lord sitting on the back of his porch on his ranch somewhere, came back and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to get in there. We're going to dig in That's on this right. Christian thing, right? We're going to, the man of God is going to lead them to the faith today, right? And he's like, oh, I took care of that already. I was like, what you mean you took care of that already? You, you can't be taking care of that without me. I'm, yes. That's, that's my job. That's yeah. what I do. I'm the pastor. I'm the man of faith and power. But I learned a very valuable lesson that when, when people are loved with the love and faith of God yes. where they are, it's interesting how the Holy Spirit can do his work when we get out of the way yeah. and minister to people. So with that being said, that's a great lesson. Let's talk about where you are currently. You're you're actively treating. Yes, I'm actually going into my first chemo session tomorrow. So you're not on the other side of this. You're not, you know, you're not on top of the mountain saying, "Here's my flag. I I conquered Mount Everest. I climbed Kilimanjaro." You're in the midst of the journey. You're getting started. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh how do you feel and what's going on in your head and your heart as you begin? There's somebody listening to this show who's just getting started. Sure. When I first got the news, again, it was hard. It was amazing because when I got the news, I was here going through the class. And one thing I've learned in life is, and especially if you're guys out there listening, it's okay to weep. It's So I it went is. in and I actually walked into the chapel here and there was Pastor Chip. Yeah. And he just said, hey, what's going on? He could see my face. And I just... Wrapped my arms around him and hugged him. Had a moment. He was my Jesus because uh, I needed somebody to embrace me at that point, and that was it. And and now it was okay. It's on. And um, it's interesting because I do a lot of journaling, and I do want to encourage people. If okay. you don't journal, I think it's an amazing thing because journaling gives you an opportunity to write down how you're feeling. Sure. Whether it's good or bad, journal it. Write it down. God gets it. He understands it because he understands our humanity because he was one. Right. And so we write that down. But this is the thing. Don't ever um, doubt that God wants to speak back to you. Okay. So when I journal, a lot of it is me writing to him. But there are many times that he wants to give me a love note back. And so I've even brought in a few. There's just little love notes. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a loving rebuke. Okay. Uh, when I'm trying to handle things myself. Sure. And he says, don't you know I handled that 2,000 mm. years ago? Stop putting this on your shoulders. Mm. Let me take this for you. Mr. Bus Driver. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and so he's. I've got some notes where he's rebuked some things. Uh, he just gave me some things on how to win days. So I write out my thoughts. I get the notes. Anything I, you want to share with the audience today? Um, you know, there's different things. Um, one I mean, of the, if you don't want to, that's no, fine. No, no, yeah. I, I wrote them down... Uh, 
one of the things that he he reminded me of, um, I had a really rough week. If anybody's ever built a house, done construction, mm-hmm. we're in the process of building a pool. Mm. Um, so construction. My daughter's getting married in May. That's enough said um, right there. And then, so that we're we're talking a, a month away. I got this diagnosis, and about fourteen other things go. And then, of course, everybody knows the importance of a cell phone. That goes down three about three times. So I'm replacing my cell phone, and I'm a family care pastor. So it doesn't. But when you add that all up together, that was overwhelming. And what I did is allowed the circumstances to overwhelm me. So I journaled that. And it was, it was good for me because it was a release. But here's the thing. God wrote back to me and he said, you don't understand, son. He goes, I'm so proud of you. And I'm thinking, why are you proud of me? I am so frustrated, mm. not only with what's going on, but to be honest, God, right now, I'm a little frustrated with you. Okay. Right? David in the desert. Right? Hello. Yeah. But he said, this is the thing you need to understand. He goes, the enemy has thrown everything he has at you over the last few days, everything he's got. And the thing is, you don't understand this, but I need you to understand this. You're still standing. Still right here. You're still standing. He goes, you may lose a few rounds, but he goes, this is the most important thing you understand, son. It's a fixed fight. You've already won. Mm. Read the end of the book, cheated, and we win. Yeah. So that was really one of the things that I wrote down. That was really good. Um, That's awesome. And, and, and just knowing it's a fixed fight. And I know, and, and I know it's hard, and, and it, but it's not a cliche. No. It really is. It's a fixed fight. It's like, uh, I hate to use Vegas as an example for this, but, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But when the guy goes down and it's a fixed fight, yeah, it's the, a fixed fight. Yeah, the fix but is this in. This is the thing. <laughs> the devil's already going down. Because the story's already been told. Yeah. And so I know I'm going to win no matter what. But I believe that he has other things. Um, I've, I've taken Psalm 91 and I've made it mine. Okay. I've rewrote, not changing, but write it, wrote, wrote it for myself. Right. So the Lord had me write Psalms 91 to myself. But he's just done some amazing things and writ, wrote just different things. As I said, everything from me venting to just love notes of encouragement. Uh, he wrote, this is something I wrote down. It says, I don't say this to be harsh. This was God speaking to me. I say this because this burden of yours is actually mine to carry. Mm. He's trying to remind me, you're, you're, you're trying to take this burden right. and you're trying to walk this alone. I want to encourage people. I think one of the hardest things when you go through cancer, and I know this not just because I am dealing with cancer, but because I've dealt with so many cancer patients, is isolation is one of the worst things in the world for going through cancer. Absolutely. Find some people around you that can support you, that can encourage you, that will speak life. And I'll be honest, and I'm not trying to be mean. Get away from those that speak death into your life. Well, what's interesting about that, one of the key uh, dynamics historically with uh, the average cancer patient that they've struggled with and that they've talked about, you know, in conversation is the sense of isolation. Yeah. And, and of course, we know that the enemy wants to try to isolate us and, and make us feel like, you know, it's, it's just us and there's nobody else. Remember the great prophet who ran and hid in the cave yeah. and he was like, you know, Lord, it's just me. I'm the only one out here serving you. And the Lord's like, dude. I got a, I got a couple hundred thousand other guys just like you out there. Relax, calm down. I need you to to get back in the game That's right. and understand that you're not out here doing this by yourself. But in the natural, and it gives me a good segue to transition into the fact that you've also gone through, and you mentioned a reference on a couple of occasions, that you've gone through the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program. Yes. And, uh, of course, uh, we talk about that a lot on the show. It's kind of my... Uh, it's the dual life that I live. I do the podcast and then I oversee this program and it's my baby and all that. But uh, it's a free uh, training that we provide to faith leaders of any denomination and theological bent uh, from across the, you know, literally now from across the world that people have come and received this training. Why did you decide to go through that training and what did you learn and what are what what is important about 
starting a cancer care ministry inside of the faith community? Sure, that's a great question. Well, first of all, of course, we always we already know everything because we're pastors, right? right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, By divine, uh, yeah, divine that's right. ordination, we know everything. Um, yeah. But the Lord pointed out many years ago that's not true. No. So I wanted to come in, and even though I dealt with so many cancer patients, um, I thought. I want to learn more because there's more to this than what I understand. And and there were some neat things about the class that I really liked. Number one, understanding the medical side of cancer, uh, which I really didn't understand. Um, I thought I did. I have it after all. Wouldn't yeah. I understand it? Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. I'm a pastor and I have cancer, yeah. so I got to know everything about it. Um, I learned so many things, having the doctors come in and talk to us about different things. Uh, different, you know, that was an amazing part. Um, but I just think um, the other thing is some of the things that you should maybe even know, but you have to be reminded of. It's yeah. kind of like going back to... Uh, I'm sorry, Hell Week in football. Okay. You remember that? And they, yeah. and they teach you to block all over again. Right. And you're going, why are you doing this? Yeah. Because they bring you back to the basics. Yeah, some fundamentals. And that's what they did here. They brought you back to the basics and some things. Because sometimes we have to be reminded of the most basic truths because we're overthinking things. Mm. And what I loved is some of the things that we talked about, like isolation. Or, you know what, sometimes, even though I'm a very social person, and of course I'm the life of the party, so everybody wants me to be around for six hours, right? right? right. No, sometimes they just need somebody around for five minutes. How about that? And so so learning some of the most important reminders of even though I'm a social person, um, just coming in and praying and letting them know that you're there versus having a very long conversation with them or, hey, I relate to you. I get that. Sometimes that's not what they need. I've even realized that recently with some of the patients I've been through. But they bring a lot of really good practical advice and some advice you just don't think of. And um, it's a great way of bringing a cancer care program. And I really think if you have a church and you're part of a church, especially if you're out there and you're listening, you've, you're a cancer survivor, yep. you're going through it. I would encourage you to get your people to come out to this because every church needs a cancer care program. I really think so because I think it's such a misunderstood disease. Well, you, you covered all of it at the end of the day. What I know and what I've learned that most pastors and people of faith you know, orientation really don't know a whole lot about this disease. And that's a problem within itself. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, it's not going to be very spiritual, not going to be very godly, yeah. but it's okay. Everybody, will, you'll get it. Uh, one of the my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies is The Godfather, where uh, uh, Michael says, you know, uh, he's talking to his dad. And the Don says, listen, keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. Yeah. Understanding what our enemy is when we talk about cancer, we can't stick our head in the sand and and, and we just expect cancer is just going to go away. Yeah. One out of three people, according to the American Cancer Society, is estimated to be diagnosed possibly with cancer in their lifetime. Over 15 million people right now today are living with a diagnosis of cancer. One out of three. Let's just do some basic math. If you've got a church of 200 people. Yeah. If you're sitting at your dinner table and there's 10 of you sitting there, one out of three, potentially, the point is that this conversation is close to all of us. And as people of faith and spiritual leaders, we need to be a bit more familiar with some of the basics. As you said, this is not rocket science. We're not turning anyone into a, a doctor or an oncologist. That's not the attempt at all. But familiarizing people with concepts of practical ministry some basics of what cancer is from a clinical care perspective uh, is, is, the, is the objective of empowering the faith community 
to stand tall when somebody in their community of faith or their local house or their where they live says, listen, I have cancer, that we are equipped to respond to that accordingly. What say you? Yeah, I think it's good because I think one of the things we tend to do is um, it's funny because a lot of people do isolate themselves when they have cancer, but a lot of people are isolated and it's not by choice. Yep. It's because people don't know how to react when you tell them yeah. that you have cancer. So recently I had a lot of people come up to me and say, especially since the diagnosis has changed a little bit when it comes to it's now flared up. What can we do for you? Yep. I said, the greatest thing you can do for me is just treat me like Bob and pray for me. Mm. I don't want to be somebody else. Mm. I, I don't just want, want your you pity. To, yeah. Oh, poor old thing. I feel bad for you. Or tell cancer horror stories. Exactly. That's the other thing. Um, and, and I would really encourage you about this. And I've... When I was going through kind of the watch and wait, which is something they'll do with lymphoma, which is called watch and wait, yep. which is you're just getting the scans and you're keeping an eye on yeah. it. But mine actually did something unusual, which is follicular lymphoma usually is very slow growing, but mm. in five months, mine grew up to a seven inch mass in my belly. So not sure why. I'm not gonna, I already parked there yep. for a minute and then walked away That's from it. That's exactly so we're okay right. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing that that God assured me was it was you know what I've got this. It's under control. And so I think the biggest thing for me was just being able to tell people, here's the thing. I don't need to know about your grandmother that had a horrible time, that lost her hair, that did all these things. And and don't get me wrong, those are all terrible things. Yeah. But here's the thing: the Bible again says, "Out of the mouth comes life and death." And I want to encourage you: get around people that are going to speak life. It's going to be okay. It's going to be be good. And I know sometimes that's even frustrating because you're saying it's easy to say it's going to be okay. Sure. You're not the one that's fatigued. Correct. You're not the one that's having stomach aches and, 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 and nauseousness and all these problems. But the thing I would encourage you about is I'd rather be around those people that are speaking life, but also make sure it's a sincere speak, not just somebody walking through the cliches, but somebody that truly cares about you. Yeah. Because when you get around those people, those are the people you need. And I would also say this, my circle was much bigger when I was in the watch and wait stage. Um, I kind of look at it as the temple now. There's the holiest of holies. Mm. I have a very few amount of people that are going to be very involved in this process. And then I have the inner court. Those are going to be a little bit more people that'll get some of the information, but not all the information. And then I have the outer court. And those yeah. are the people that I'm going to say things are going well. Yep. And I'm not going to give them too much information because I don't need them in my holiest of Got holies. It. Well, with that being said, in closing, what's one thing that gives you hope? What drives your hope right now? It's, you're just getting started, man. You're just you're just starting to climb this mountain. Yeah. Um I think my biggest hope is is simply the the, the name that they call God. Two things. Number one, his name one of his names is Jehovah Rapha. Yeah. Jehovah Rapha means he's my healer. Yes. Jehovah Jireh means he's my provider, yes, which means he's the provider of my healing. Yeah. Number two, probably the most important name of God to me is Abba Father. He's mm. my daddy. And I need somebody that's going to embrace me and walk me through. And I think those are the biggest things that are giving me hope. And, uh, and good friends, people to walk you through this, because it's great that there's a God up there. And I'm not discounting that. That's the most important thing in our walk is our faith. Yeah. But to have a group of friends that are here with us, physically touching us, encouraging us, that's the other thing. So I would encourage people, surround yourself with the right people, keep your faith, keep digging in, journal, spend some time, prayer. And one last thing, don't just pray to God. We need to know our identity in Christ. Our identity in Christ is amazing because God calls us princes and princesses. Yes. And I think sometimes we pray like paupers. Mm. We're begging him for things right. that he's already given us. Yeah. So I want to remind you, God's already promised things for you. So make make sure when you pray to Him that not just do pray, not just to do prayers, but you actually do declarations, mm. because declarations are taking the scriptures and say, "Wait, this has already been promised to me." 
And so I think that's important. Start declaring victory. Heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Amen. Today you have heard from Pastor Bob Chelly, who is the family care pastor at Covenant Life Worship Center uh, in the local area uh, surrounding Noonan and, and Georgia. Uh, who is a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma current treating patient who has just shared with us the fact that at the end of the day, uh, he is grounded and rooted, though he may have had to park for a minute uh, to ask a couple of whys. He is moving along and down the road, uh, trusting and believing God and utilizing uh, good medical care. Today, we speak uh, health and wellness upon you. We stand in agreement with you, my friend, Amen. and that the best is still yet to come. That's right. And so thank you, uh, being my friend and my brother and my cohort uh, in the vineyard as we continue to declare that God is good all the time and yes, that Jesus is. is Lord. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Back in the studio here, Percy, got to talk to you about that conversation with Bob, and we'll do that in just a moment. But first, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or call this number. One of their friendly oncology information specialists will answer your call at 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. What did you think of Bob's, uh, I don't know, was it a vision? Was it a dream about uh, parking with the why question there? Well, it it was a great analogy and a great spiritual uh, revelation and insight that he described uh, that the Lord spoke to him in a very uh, visual way. And that is understanding that life is is constantly, uh, as we travel along the road of life, uh, it's very much like being a a trucker that is stopping at different places and dropping off uh, goods and services at different factories and warehouses, uh, but we never really parked there. We just stopped yeah. there momentarily. It's not productive to hang around there. And so when he got to the place of why he did not park there, he stopped there for a minute and he dropped off his load and then he got <laughs> back on the road and kept yeah. moving down the street. Interesting. It's a it's a great way for us to look at life because we can't get stuck. As my mom used to say, don't get stuck on stupid. And so she used to <laughs> often tell me that, you know, when I would get hung up about something, she's like, you're getting stuck on stupid, son. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying asking why me is being stupid, but the principle here is not to allow lingering questions that we can't answer cause us to stop taking steps in moving forward. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you and Bob discussed was how when, and he's going through it right now, you cannot do this in isolation. It's not to your advantage to do it within, in isolation. Well, what's unique about this interview, we usually talk to people who are either in the middle of their treatment or they finished their treatment or they're five years out from their treatment. This is someone, a pastor, again, I want to remind everyone, who is just beginning his treatment. And so he, he has to, and he has been working through his own humanity. And one of the items that he talked about is dealing with the, the dynamic of isolation and, and, and feeling left alone and, and and, and actually being very diligent about whom he allows into his inner circle. Mm-hmm. Who does he talk to? How much information does he share? And understanding that the enemy wants to isolate us uh, for many different reasons. So he really gave us great perspective on when, where, and how do we uh, uh, allow people into our inner circle. And he said specifically, surround yourself with people who is going to speak life. Yeah, I like that a lot. And not
not yeah. death because we know that the the power of life and death is in the tongue, of course. So we have to be careful who we talk, who we talk. You know, to. Bob mentioned the Our Journey of Hope program, and uh, of course, you are a major player in this program. God has given you this vision and this project. We're so excited to know that Our Journey of Hope is available, offering help to people. Well, Our Journey of Hope is a growing and living organic. Uh, I believe, extension of the grace uh, and the love of God to patients, uh, cancer patients and caregivers through the empowerment of the local church, equipping them to be able to engage people on the front lines who are dealing with cancer every day. And this is a free cancer care training program uh, that as we continue to reach out, uh, understanding the numbers, the growing numbers of how many people are theoretically being touched by cancer and sitting in our midst, we need to be equipped to be able to respond to them accordingly. And this program equips the local church to be able to do that very effectively. Yeah, you can go back through our archive and hear our programs devoted to Our Journey of Hope. And if you need to know more about it, do that or go online to ourjourneyofhope.com or our main website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Either one will get you there. Yeah, there's a link actually on the Health, Hope, and Inspiration page that'll take you directly to the ourjourneyofhope.com website. Okay, very helpful. And the free resource to download while you're online, Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients. Well, our time has flown by quickly here today, but we don't want to short God's word. We want to listen carefully. Well, without it, then we will get shortchanged. <laughs> yeah, right. So with that being said, as we close today and we thank God for his word, Psalm 71, verse 14 says, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the days, for I know not the numbers thereof. And that's the important statement. We do not know how long and how many numbers. We know that we'd like to live a long life, but at the end of the day, we're not sure how many of those numbers are. So what are we going to do? Verse 16, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of his righteousness, even of thine only, as we continue to be reminded that as we keep moving forward, even on a cancer journey, we are not going to stop to park at Y. We're going to drop <laughs> off our load. We're going to get back on the road and we're going to keep moving down that road. And as Willie Nelson said, on the road again. All right. What a helpful program today. Percy, thank you. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Brother, I'll see you next time. Grace and peace to everyone. Continue to keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. And then come back and join us for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncologist 
Cardiology Information Specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.